we've got signs for Woodlawn, Morgan Park, Englewood, Brighton Park, Garfield Park, La Vilita, Uptown, Hilson. It was standing room only inside Newmount Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church on Chicago's west side. Progressive activist groups from all over wanted to talk to some of the people vying to be the city's next mayor. There's a lot of power gathered tonight on the west side of Chicago, like a big family. So let's give it up one more time for everyone that's here with us tonight to reimagine Chicago. Give yourselves a round of applause. Five candidates sat in a row to answer questions and really listen to what the people on the ground have to say about the direction of Chicago. We're also here because we have a message for the next mayor of Chicago. We want the next mayor to understand that we have had enough of the devastation of our communities. We imagine a Chicago that does not push black and brown people out of their neighborhoods. There are more than 100 neighborhoods in the city of Chicago, but many have been left behind in the city's economic growth. Dozens of prominent neighborhood activist groups are pushing for that to end. This week, those organizations are pushing the 14 candidates who want to represent them to break from the horse race and all the mudslinging to talk about the issues most important to their communities. WBEZ's Linda Lutton and I covered a couple of forums this week that covered a lot of issues. Issues we don't hear a whole lot about on TV or in the newspapers. Issues that longtime community organizers want to put front and center in this mayor's race. Joining me now is Linda Lutton. Hi, Linda. Hey, Becky. So let's forget about the horse race for a minute and all the attack ads we see coming up on TV already. There are a lot of forums going on right now, so... What was sort of different about these? So I was at a forum. It was held at UIC. It was gigantic, hundreds, maybe a thousand uh, folks there. It was sponsored by a coalition of community organizations called One Chicago for All. And, uh, you know, you walked into the the forum and it just looked like a, a national political convention, you know, where you see the the tall uh, signs announcing everybody's state delegation. Mm-hmm. Well, in this forum, it was uh, everybody was seated by neighborhood. So you saw, you know, North Lawndale, Inglewood, Austin, all the neighborhoods in the city. All of the organizations in this room have banded together to bring this day about. These are the people that work tirelessly in their communities, engaging their neighbors, supporting their schools, keeping children safe, buying from small businesses, volunteering their ideas, and making them a reality. All of the energy in this room contributes to a better Chicago. This was a very well-run forum. As you mentioned, uh, the folks organizing this are interested in hearing specific concrete plans from the candidates on the neighborhood issues. Uh, So there was no booing allowed, there was no clapping allowed, and the candidates were not allowed to attack their opponents or honestly say anything about their opponents' plans. The one thing everybody was uh, supposed to talk about was their own agenda for the neighborhoods. In fact, one of the candidates, uh, Attorney John Kozlar, uh, did go off script. He attacked uh, Tony Preckwinkle. Instead of giving your friends $100,000 a year jobs like Tony Preckwinkle, let's start investing in our community members. This is what ended up happening. 
Mr. Coldstar, perhaps you didn't hear the rules earlier. We would appreciate it if you stick to your issues and your agenda and, and not use this time to talk about other candidates. Thank you. That's a really remarkable moment because in usual debates put on by media groups, there's sort of an encouragement of this kind of sparring and that sort of fireworks between candidates. But here they're just saying just the issues. Don't talk about each other. So what did these neighborhood groups want to talk about? What were their issues that they put forward that they were trying to drive the candidates towards? Well, at the forum I attended, there were just four questions. This was an hour and a half forum, four questions only. Um, I think that speaks to the importance of the questions. Uh, The first question asked people, asked the candidates to talk about what they understand equitable neighborhood investment to mean and how would they get it? Um, How would they get it through schools, through housing? The second question dealt with neighborhood economic development, um, specifically employment, for instance, how to increase employment. There was a lot of interest around uh, reintegration of folks coming out of prison. How do we uh, get them involved in the economy in our neighborhoods? Uh, There were questions about entrepreneurs, for instance, uh, neighborhood entrepreneurs who aren't wealthy. What would the candidates do to help non-wealthy entrepreneurs? And, and bringing capital to the neighborhoods, how to get money into the neighborhoods. The third question the candidates were asked dealt with immigration. How do we get a city where immigrants not only feel safe but can thrive? And the fourth question uh, was about policing. Uh, it dealt with effectiveness of police. Uh, you know, there were a lot of premises in the questions. The questions were saying already what the neighborhood groups were looking for. So in this question, they were talking about effectiveness of police. They mentioned a extremely low clearance rate for homicides in Chicago, but also a lot of focus on police community relations. It sounds really similar to another forum that I covered on Wednesday night um, out on the west side at Mount Pilgrim Baptist Church that you heard a little bit of at the top. I had been wondering, I knew about the forum you attended, and I was just curious, you know, how similar the two would be, what issues these two different sort of neighborhood groupings would come up with. I think they had a lot more specific ideas. They said that their reimagined Chicago platform had a hundred different ideas in it. But what was interesting was sort of the format they used. They had people from their organizations tell their stories about their experiences with the current policies and then asked questions to sort of demand commitments out of these candidates to change those policies. For example. Hello, my name is Deborah Miller, and I'm a senior leader at Jane Addams Senior Caucus. I've also been homeless two times with my husband, who's a veteran. She went on to ask a very specific question. If elected, would you support mandating that private developers build at least 30% affordable housing units for individuals, seniors, and families and new developments. So you hear her sort of driving the candidates toward a certain position that these groups want them to be taking. If they're going to be elected, they want a mayor who will represent issues that they believe are the solutions to these problems. Another guy who spoke gave a great interesting story about about how long his commute to work is every day. 
Right now, I, I'm a cook at Navy Pier on cruise ship, which is owned by J.P. Prisoners. <laughs> Sometime, when I get off work in the middle of the night, it's in the middle of the night, and it takes two hours for me to get home. First by L, then by bus, and then I have to walk. I would love to see jobs in my own community, but instead of investing in our community to create those jobs, we see our property taxes diverted by the mayors to politically connected developers for property outside our community in some of the richest neighborhoods. And then his question was, will you use your office, your resources, your influence to support and ensure that living wage jobs will exist in the communities? Again, same topic, right? Same How do sort we of thing, bring yeah. public and private investment into neighborhoods that have not seen that? We also heard a story from a woman whose husband was wrongfully placed on the gang database and faced deportation by ICE. There was a girl who told a story about her family moving from Logan Square to Austin because they couldn't afford Logan Square anymore. Essentially, gentrification. gentrification. Yeah. And we had a rapid fire round at the end where they asked yes or no questions about things like, will you commit to free community college? Will you commit to eliminating that gang database? So very specific questions on very specific issues that these neighborhoods care a lot about. So we've got lots of specific questions from specific neighborhood organizations who want to you know, drive the issues in the conversation. What did we hear from candidates? Did we get specific answers from them? Well, first off, I'll say at the forum I was at, you know, there were 12 candidates. Uh, so that's a whole lot of candidates. I, just saying their names, I actually looked at the tape from the uh, moderator who said <laughs> their names. Just saying their names took almost like 30, a half minute, yeah. 30, <laughs> 30 seconds. seconds. Uh, and she didn't give anyone's title. So. Oh, wow. The point being, you have a very limited amount of time. Candidates had to speak in basically one-minute segments. We got 12 answers to four questions. That said, there were surprising answers. There were unusual answers. There were funny answers sometimes. One of the people I was pretty surprised by was Gary McCarthy, Hmm. the former police superintendent. Um, In an audience like the one there on Saturday, um, I mean, Gary McCarthy was police superintendent during the uh, everything that happened under Laquan McDonald. Uh, He could be skewered in a forum like this. And I sort of imagined he might be. Um, You know, there were rules around the audience, so I think that prevented things. But also his answers. uh, It would be hard to imagine community folks taking issue with his answers. Like what? He was asked about policing and inequity, you know, these questions he was responding to. Um, He pointed to root causes of problems and said, we need to wrestle with some of those. We need to wrestle with difficult discussions about race. And nobody seems to want to talk about the social economic divide that is at the heart of what has happened in Chicago. And it was done intentionally through redlining. From that, all our problems flow. McCarthy's plan. He offered a really comprehensive plan. He summed up his entire proposal, I guess, uh, in about 20 seconds. The bottom line is the issues of economic development 
education and housing are all intertwined. And my plan includes bringing back community schools, community neighborhood schools, with two-tiered social services right into the schools to treat the family while treating the student at the same time. We need to bring back the trade and vocational schools and teach people how to fish and not give them a fish. And then what we do is we give small businesses and startups tax incentives to go to the neighborhoods to create the environment for those newly trained workforces that we're producing. At the same time, we assume all of these abandoned properties in the city, we use that workforce to rehab those uh, properties and create affordable housing all at the same time. It's a comprehensive plan. It all has to happen together. Uh, another idea, Lori Lightfoot uh, talked about forcing banks to loan to neighborhoods. What the city can do and must do is go to banks and other financial institutions and, and compel them to lower the barriers to getting capital. Interestingly, Amara Enya talked about a public bank. A bank that actually cared only about expanding Chicago's economy. A public bank for Chicago where we could issue low interest loans to communities that have been redlined by traditional financial institutions. Imagine a cooperative economy where we pool our resources and own businesses in our neighborhoods. Your gas station, your dry cleaners, all of the institutions that in many instances are owned by individuals who don't even live here. A municipal bank, a public bank, has been part of Enya's uh, proposal. Another surprise, Gary McCarthy talked about it. He was the first candidate to talk about it at the forum I was at. That Weird. was surprising. Um, the candidate, John Kozlar, uh, one proposal he had was to have 60% of police who uh, patrol a neighborhood be from that neighborhood. So now they're seen not as outsiders, they're seen as community members. They're going to know the blocks, they're going to know the neighbors, they're going to know their neighborhood. And now they're going to treat people fairly. He also had a proposal that got some laughs. It's creative. And think of it, if we can have a Little League baseball, a Little League softball, or a Little League football, we can have Little League doctors, or Little League attorneys, or Little League carpenters. And we show the youth that, hey, there's another path in life outside of violence. I think it's worth pointing out the candidate Amara Enya, the first thing she said to this group of people was, this is my room. Like, this is my audience. I stand here not as someone who's going to tell you what I'm going to do for you, but someone who stood with all of you. My job is to amplify your voices in the corridors of power, because that's what's been missing in the city of Chicago for decades. In some ways, she's a, a candidate that stood out in this forum. She's been involved. She's run community organizations. She's a community organizer. Most of the other candidates are either politicians or they're big city managers. If you didn't already know this, Chicago's municipal elections are nonpartisan, so there is no little d or little r next to anyone's name when you go into the voting booth on February 26th. That will make it harder on voters to pick who they want to vote for. There's also, you know, more than a dozen candidates. So, Linda, how do voters parse out all the differences? Right, because nobody here talks about being a Republican, for instance. We know this is a very Democratic town. Um, and going to these forums, it, you could come away with the impression that everybody agrees 
with the agenda that the neighborhood groups have laid out. Candidates, in fact, at the forum I went to, didn't disagree with the very basic premise of all the questions, which is that inequity carries a really deep cost, a social cost, but also an economic cost that's uh, really borne by everybody in the city. Candidates didn't disagree with that. All the candidates really articulated the problem in Chicago the same way the activists do. Let's just start by acknowledging that our downtown is magnificent, but we need to feel and see that uh, happen in the neighborhoods as well. These are not easy issues. This whole issue of equity, people have struggled for forever. We see the success in downtown. We see the success in many neighborhoods of our city. They're doing well. The biggest challenge this city has is how to spread that out. So that was Susanna Mendoza and uh, Bill Daly. And even at the forum that I covered as well, there was this section at the end of Rapid Fire yes or no questions, and all of the candidates to all of the questions said yes. Lori Lightfoot. Yes. 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 Thank you. And I should also say that the forum I covered was organized by the Grassroots Collaborative, and they invited only six candidates that, you know, I think they thought would represent what they believe needs to happen in these neighborhoods. The five who came were Amara Enya, Lori Lightfoot, Tony Preckwinkle, LaShawn Ford and Willie Wilson. They did invite Susana Mendoza, but she didn't come due to an illness. On that list, there are no white male candidates, no Gary McCarthy, no Paul Vallis, no Bill Daly or Gary Chico, all of whom are people who worked in the administrations that these activist groups who gathered in that West Side Church, they actually blame some of them for hurting their communities, for policies that hurt their communities in the past few decades. And even at the end of the forum, they asked all of these five candidates to sign a contract, a contract that essentially commits them to holding up the promises that they made that evening about these different policies, free college tuition, eliminate the gang database, that sort of thing. Everyone except for Willie Wilson signed that contract. And, you know, he's kind of hard to categorize yeah. candidate. But but it's important to point out, you know, not all these candidates are the same, right. uh, though that can be hard to distinguish when they just get a one minute soundbite and they know who they're talking to and what the interest sort of, of pander. the group is. But yeah, not everybody's the same. And I think the biggest range or the place where you see the differences is in the belief uh, about the role of government here. How much should the city regulate things like development? Should the city demand that developers who are building luxury apartments add 30 percent affordable housing in every development? Should the city demand that? Um, And really, should the city be involved in things like building housing itself? That's where you begin to see sort of the range of uh, beliefs among these candidates, you're not going to hear a candidate say they oppose affordable housing, especially not in a group of uh, neighborhood activists. Mm -hmm, Uh, You know, the other thing I think to look for is a difference in the belief of sort of to what degree should these neighborhood groups be involved, be at the table, or be actors themselves in this. The question of the municipal bank, should the city run a bank or should (laughs) the city be pressuring private banks to do 
more of what neighborhood groups want us to see, or should the should the should government just be making sort of loose suggestions and see if private uh, the private market follows? Um, There's also this question about what our neighborhoods should look like. I think that that's come up a lot. The person who told their story about the commute to work referenced Lincoln Yards, which is this massive development happening in the north branch of the Chicago River. Should every neighborhood have one of those? I see the excitement in Lincoln Park. Anybody see the excitement right now with Lincoln Yards? Where is it around the city? We need to bring it around the city. There's Gary Chico at the forum I attended. When I heard him say that, I wondered how many of the activists in the room are looking for that type of development in their neighborhood. I'm not sure. Really, the question is, is there a single candidate who will represent neighborhoods? Maybe not. You know, one thing to highlight is the fact that there were 50 groups at these two forums. Uh, They will have different priorities and they won't necessarily all agree. Yeah, they could all split. Some might like Preckwinkle the most. She already has the backing of two progressive labor groups. Uh, Enya is clearly very popular with uh, many sort of grassroots folks, activists. And this is maybe a long shot, but Chico, his whole aggressive approach to development, people might like that because it would produce jobs. Both Mendoza and Daly have television ads uh, talking about the neighborhoods. Daly's ad in Spanish talks about capping property taxes so people can stay in their homes. That's the gentrification issue. And if policing is your issue, Lori Lightfoot is seen as very strong on that. She has a ton of experience in that world. So she might be the candidate you you back. So basically, good luck. Yeah. Who well, is the neighborhood candidate? Yeah, voters will definitely have to do their homework. On January 28th, the very first day of early voting, WBEZ will be publishing a candidate guide to help you do that homework. We sent a wide-ranging survey to all of the candidates on everything from police reform to parking tickets, so stay tuned for that one. Thanks so much for joining me today, Linda. Thanks, Becky. That's all for this episode. Reporting comes from Linda Lutton and me, Becky Vivi. Our editors are Kate Cahan and Alex Keefe. Our producer is Justin Bull. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. <laughs>